Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in Tuesday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us and what a busy weekend it was of sports and of course a holiday weekend. So I'm sure if you're like me, probably a little harder getting back into the routine here on this Tuesday, but plenty to talk about this week. The month of June is almost here, which means a lot of summer basketball and uptick in recruiting uh, opportunities. And of course, July, the really big month when it comes to recruiting. But you had so much with high school baseball over the weekend. And man, we had lots of local champions, uh, more than what I even thought we might have. So a really good weekend for some of the local high school baseball programs. We're going to lead with that here in just a moment. Uh, and the EYBL in Louisville. So a chance to see some of these top tier recruits that we talk about up close and in person this weekend. And, of course, the NBA Finals are now set. Jawan Morgan, uh, the lone IU connection in the NBA Finals this year as the Celtics and the Warriors will square off Thursday night, the first game of the Finals this year. And a big week of local sports coming up because here in just a couple days, actually tomorrow, uh, Summer League Basketball begins. If you've got the itch for some high school basketball, uh, you'll be able to scratch that itch because there's going to be a boatload of games coming up. And I'll mention again, I said this last week, really excited about this, but a Friday night outdoor night of Summer League at Kevin Hammer Smith Memorial Park featuring some of the great matchups, some of the good teams in the area from both sides of the river. So we'll tell you more about that coming up here in our program today. Let's take a look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Segment one, uh, here in just a few moments, we're going to recap the baseball sectional champions for you here in just a few moments uh, and talk about some of the other headlines coming out of the holiday weekend. Also, later in the show, we'll be joined by Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier for the latest on IU. There's some recruiting stuff to get to. And again, the Hoosiers are very highly uh, considered when you think about college basketball for next year now that Trace Jackson Davis is officially back in the fold. So we'll tell you about where the Hoosiers are being projected by some of the national media, and we'll get Mike's thoughts on that as well. Then later in the show, more IU stuff, more basketball, more recruiting with Mike Pegram, Peegs, the original IU uh, website. Uh, he's going to join us as always 
in the final segment of our Tuesday program. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And don't forget, as we come into a new week, the Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502 502- 414-1450 and I'd love to get your questions and comments and thoughts. We've got great guests that join this program each and every day and the text line is really your way for us to interact. If you want to talk about a, a certain topic or you've got an opinion or you want to ask a question of one of our IU experts that as I call them that come on the program that number is a great way to do so. Some of you text us uh, from time to time. Others, I know, don't text. It's how you can communicate with us during the show, 502-414-1450. Thornton's is the perfect stop for all of the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts. And you can download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every single day. Let's get into our headlines from the weekend A lot of fun to talk about high school baseball over the weekend. P.K. Falkenstein and and I, we made three trips this past week to Jennings County, and we saw some really first-class baseball. I know our baseball area here is really good in southern Indiana, but that 4A sectional and the Hoosier Hills Conference specifically has been unbelievable when it comes to Division I talent, really good pitchers. And going back to Wednesday night, Uh, We saw four pitchers when Jeff and Jennings County squared off, followed by New Albany and Floyd, four Division I pitchers, an Indiana pitcher, an Indiana State pitcher, uh, Purdue and Louisville in that second game. Uh, Just a really good night of baseball. Then the New Albany-Jeff game on Saturday was fantastic. Uh, Great weather, a great finish to that ball game. Uh, Could have went either way. And then on Monday, New Albany, who was the favorite, even though Bedford beat him in the regular season, wins their first sectional championship since 2016. New Albany's had some great uh, players, some great teams over the years, but that sectional is so very tough. Uh, New Albany had not won one since 2016, but they get it done on Memorial Day in a very big fashion, 4 nothing over Bedford North Lawrence. In 3A, Silver Creek had a really interesting path because uh, Madison, a natural field, a natural grass uh, field and dirt field, they had uh, some weather issues, as I think everybody did this past week. And so those games were really compacted on top of each other Saturday and Monday, but Silver Creek prevailed as they go on to Southridge to the regional round. And then probably the game of the day, from a thrilling standpoint, was the Pioneers of Providence. It was a back-and-forth game, a back-and-forth championship game against Austin. And uh, I thought Providence, we were getting updates uh, up in Jennings County. I thought Providence at one point was in a lot of problems and probably was not going to win that game. But somehow, some way, some great pitching by Hayden Vissing is what I think really helped save the day for the Pioneers. But they are able to hang on, come back, force extra innings, and ultimately win it on an error, an infield error by a Austin uh, player uh, is how Providence able to get the w- the victory. Nine to eight, the final score in that game. And so Providence, the defending state champion, they've got a tough path because now they'll take on Forest Park on Saturday morning in that semifinal game. Forest Park and, and Providence should be a terrific battle. Forest Park actually clipped them 
in a very competitive contest in the regular season, and now they'll rematch with all the marbles on the line in the regional semifinal round on Saturday. And then we had two winners in 1A baseball. One was no surprise. Borden in sectional 62, highly ranked all season long. They made a deep run in the state tournament a year ago. Uh, They cruised to a sectional championship on Monday. They had to play both the semifinal and championship on Monday because of weather. And then uh, in the other 1A sectional, which is kind of hard to get used to, New Washington it goes to another location. How about this? The New Washington Mustangs, they won their first baseball sectional championship in 24 years, and it was a three-run sixth inning that helped the Mustangs get an 8-7 to victory over West Washington in the uh, championship game of that Class A sectional, which was played at Shaw Memorial on Monday night. So congratulations to all of our winners locally. We've got five teams with connections or, or from F- Clark and Floyd counties to follow on in regional play. And who, Who's it going to be? Who, who's the local uh, that's going to represent us in this area into the semi-state and state championship this year. You hate to get spoiled, and you hate to expect it, but this area has been so good, you do wonder. I've kind of been looking at the brackets, who's got the easiest path to maybe make a run deep into the tournament. New Albany's going to take on Jasper right out of the gate. That's going to be a great game on Saturday. Biven against Jasper, I think, is the expectation there. New Albany and Tucker had some problems with Jasper in the regular season, so we'll see how that rematch goes. I mentioned Providence and Forest Park should be a great game. Uh, There are going to be some really good regional games, and I'll announce our plans here in a few days as far as how we're going to try to give you the, the most coverage that we possibly can on the Big X and maybe some of our affiliated stations. But it was a great Monday Memorial Day of high school baseball. Uh, again, a holiday. You, you maybe want the day off. You maybe uh, want to hang out and party, whatever the situation is. But uh, I can't think of a better way, if you got to be out somewhere, than to be at a high school baseball region, or a sectional championship game on Memorial Day. This really has become a great tradition. We appreciate everybody. I heard from so many people that listened to our coverage of the Jennings County sectional, the local teams. We followed Jeff and Floyd and, of course, New Albany all the way to the championship. Uh, Appreciate everybody tuning in, whether it was 1450-96-1. I know a lot of you stream on your phone or computer. Uh, In fact, Wednesday night, really into Thursday morning, we were on the air till about 1220-1225 with that New Albany-Floyd Central game because that first game had lightning and weather delays. But it was a really fun week and uh, excited now to look ahead to regional baseball coming up on Saturday. Also, a couple things from an IU perspective I want to mention here in this first segment. The IU team is, we think, set for next year with Trace Jackson Davis back, and we know this IU team is going to continue to get a lot of high marks in the offseason. You know, they're, they're being mentioned by many as one of the front runners for the Big Ten Conference championship, which I know for IU fans is so very exciting to hear uh, that sentence, that phrase put together with IU involved. But I thought, I thought I'd just look at, at some of the, the national writers out there. Since the announcement of TJD coming back, Gary Parrish, uh, who I really enjoy following of CBS Sports, he's got Indiana at number 17. One of the 247 sports writers has Indiana basketball at number 22 uh, in their way early ranking for next season. And how about this? Jeff Goodman, who's uh, really a, a very well-known 
uh, national college basketball analyst. He has the Hoosiers at number nine in his way early rankings for next season. The, he wrote about IU, quote, with Jackson Davis returning to Bloomington, the Hoosiers have most of their key pieces back from an NCAA tournament team. They also added a couple talented freshmen in Hood Shafino in Renault. I think that two sentences really summarizes all the excitement up well from returning players to some of the new faces for IU as well. Jeff Brzello, a longtime guy with ESPN, he's got uh, IU at number 15. And here's an interesting one, Bart Torvik of the, the Torvik ratings, which are very interesting because it's all based on stats and metrics. He has IU at number 12 in his uh, uh, stat-based projections. Also in his projections, I noticed uh, IU the number one team in the Big Ten, if you look at his projections, again, using numbers on who's returning from last season. And Andy Katz with the NCAA and Big Ten Network, uh, he didn't put out a national poll, but he has Indiana as his number one team in the Big Ten Conference at this point of the preseason. So that is exciting for fans, and I've heard from a lot of you about it. Uh, obviously, there's a whole offseason ahead where this team has to get in the gym and get in shape and prepare themselves for what could be a big season. But this is the first time in, I think, eight years, seven years of doing this show where Indiana has been talked about as a front runner, one of the front runners for the Big Ten Conference. There have been years when they've been, oh, you know, picked 15th, 20th, 25th in preseason rankings, which ultimately mean nothing, but they're fun to think about. They're fun to talk about in the offseason, but I can't ever remember a time uh, since I've been doing this show, this daily show on IU and local sports, where the Hoosiers have been projected as a legitimate front runner. Uh, in the conference. So it's going to be an interesting and really a long offseason. Uh, man, uh, I think a lot of IU fans would like to get at it uh, right away and see what this team can do. But Indiana getting some really good marks in the offseason. Also, I know we talked a lot about uh, high school baseball. We'll do that more this week and focus and feature some of the teams that uh, are headed to regional action on Saturday. But wanted to mention IU baseball. Actually, for an up-and-down roller coaster kind of season for Coach Mercer and the baseball team, IU actually found some success in the double elimination Big Ten tournament. They made it to the semifinal round. Uh, they were defeated really in the middle of the night with weather delays from that Wednesday that pushed things back into Thursday uh, and even just really messed up the entire schedule. Uh, it was a late, late night game or an early morning game, however you want to look at it. But Indiana, I think overall a good showing in the uh, in the conference tournament after the season they had. Obviously their hopes of an NCAA tournament appearance are not – going to happen. Those brackets were set yesterday, and boy, the college uh, baseball postseason and the World Series when we get there in Omaha should be really fun to follow this year. But IU baseball, I thought, a pretty positive note as the, they close things out with a conference loss really in the middle of the night. I think the game ended uh, 4 a.m. Uh, earlier in the week, late in the week last week. So uh, a wild finish, but a good finish, I think, overall. Good performance for uh, IU and uh, for the baseball program. Also, I mentioned uh, earlier that I was excited about outdoor night. You're going to hear me talk about this on and off this week as part of the Kentuckiana Summer Basketball League that we organize. New Albany and Butler High School in Louisville kind of are the main engines behind that. Uh, some other schools are used as well. Those games in Summer League start on Wednesday, and I'll kind of give you a daily uh, rundown of some of the better teams, especially when the games are on this side of the river, and uh, we can talk more about uh, you know who's playing who and who, who some of the locals are. But uh, 
games begin Wednesday and Friday night we actually have an outdoor night, which I can't ever recall uh, in all my years being around this stuff, and I'm sure maybe some listeners have been around longer, any sort of high school game being played outdoors. But that's what's going to happen Friday night at Kevin Hammersmith Memorial Park. It's the home of Romeo Langford Court and the Phillips Pavilion Covered Court. It's actually open air. It's got a cover on top of it. The night will start at 4 o'clock with a couple girls' games. Clarksville will take on Portland Christian and Silver Creek, the defending, well, I should say runner-up in 3A that won a state championship recently, will take on defending champion Sacred Heart from Louisville. 5 o'clock, you've got boys' games that begin. Clarksville against Beth Haven uh, in the 5 o'clock hour. 6 o'clock, Charlestown against DeSale. Providence against Butler at 7 o'clock. New Albany takes on Manuel and Corden will play Bullet East. 8 o'clock, the evening wraps up with two really good 8 o'clock games. Jeffersonville against Mail and Floyd Central against Evangel coming up. And admissions, three bucks when you get there, when you get to the basketball court area. There will be food. We'll have a lot of guests there that night. I think if the weather cooperates, and I'm going to knock on wood as I talk about it, weather right now, I think for later in the week, for Friday, and for baseball on Saturday right now looks really good. Let's hope that that holds. But I think it'll be an absolutely packed environment. So if you're going to get out there on Friday, bring a lawn chair, bring a bag chair, uh, bring a cooler, just no alcoholic beverages or smoking near the courts, obviously, uh, and no alcoholic beverages in the park. But we'll talk more about this later in the week. It's going to be fun, different referees, scoreboards. The courts are nice. The goals are nice. Uh, the atmosphere, the environment should be really cool for some good high school games. So make plans on Friday to join us out there. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier to talk Trace Jackson Davis, IU recruiting this weekend. The coaches weren't out, but, boy, the players were, even in Louisville at the EYBL. And we'll talk about that coming up here with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Tuesday program, a new partner here on the Big X, Shady Rays Sunglasses. Shady Rays is changing the way you wear sunglasses in the outdoors. Shady Rays Sunglasses offer an industry-best combination of fit, style, and performance without the big brand price tag. And exclusively for off, uh, for listeners of this program, of this station, uh, Shady Rays is offering 25% off. So you can try them out and see what they're all about. you got to use code BIGX, all one word, B-I-G-X, for the 25% off all adult shades when you check out at the ShadyRays.com website. But uh, give, them a, give them a look. Uh, it's a good discount, a great deal, and a quality brand that started uh, right in Kentucky as well, so just across the river from us. A uh, good partner here at uh, the Big X. All right, Mike uh, Schumann of the Daily Hoosier is with us, thedailyhoosier.com, 
at Daily underscore Hoosier on Twitter. He joins us Tuesdays as we talk all things IU. And, Mike, I want to start with the EYBL right here in Louisville this past weekend. Uh, there were all sorts of big names there as far as the nationally recruited uh, guys that IU and many other schools are following. In fact, I couldn't make it over, but the late game on Saturday night, it featured uh, DJ Wagner, the grandson of Milt Wagner, uh, who is being highly sought after by U of L and UK. It's going to be, I think, a, a unbelievable recruiting battle down to the end. There, uh, he he and his team took on LeBron James's son uh, in a game that had for an, an AAU travel grassroots shoe game, whatever you want to call it. Uh, just from what I saw, pictures and videos, one of the most unbelievable crowds for that sort of game that I have ever seen. People standing everywhere, and they even brought in some big bleachers for that court and uh, still not enough to hold everybody. So a big showing over the weekend for Nike and the EYBL here in Louisville. Yeah, what a life for Bronny James to be a, a kid that, you know, at this stage, you know, and this has been going on for him since even before he started high school, uh, just playing on various circuits, but to just have crowds just come out of nowhere. I saw the same thing happen a few weeks ago uh, up here in Indianapolis when the EYBL was there with this just giant crowd. I, I didn't even know at the time that, that Bronny was playing on the EYBL, and I finally figured out what the crowd was about. Just I, I assume everywhere he goes – it happens, and then, as you said, you had that double effect because of Wagner playing as well. So a guy that you know Louisville and Kentucky fans want to get their eyes on. You got Bronny James. As far as I know, LeBron wasn't there this weekend. At least he wasn't there when I was there. But um, nevertheless, his son manages to draw a crowd, has, always has security around him, just a, a really interesting life for a kid. Yeah, absolutely. And so many good players uh, there that are going to be future NBA and definitely college basketball stars. You know, I know we talk a ton of recruiting on this show, and obviously I'm a big basketball guy, so the show heavily, even year-rounds, I think, leans basketball for sure. But uh, at all the years, and I can remember watching uh, uh, Wagner's father, uh, Dewan Wagner at the Fair and Exposition Center when I was a kid, and he was a, a getting ready to be a junior or senior in high school, and was uh, on the national stage, and you know a really highly sought after guy. He was the first high school player that I can remember that got the attention. I guess maybe that's when internet was really starting to pick up. Social media really wasn't a thing at that point, but the Wagner's father really got attention. He had like a security, uh, or maybe not a security detail, but some guys with him at all times, and he limited his interviews, and I know he and his son both didn't speak, I don't think, at all to the media, and they had all the, I was talking with Kent Taylor of Wave 3 uh, at a baseball game over the weekend, they, they were all trying to get some words from him and, and just weren't talking to the media. Uh, so that was the first time I can ever remember a player of that stature on a national stage was Wagner's father, but uh, on another from another perspective, the Nike circuit, and I've been around that for years, uh, they've done just an unbelievable job with this EYBL of making it the place to play if you are a big-time player. Yes, there's some really good players that play in the Adidas circuit, and yes, Under Armour has a circuit that has talent as well, but there's nothing out there right now like what the EYBL is, Mike. It's, it's the go-to place. Yeah, I, I would definitely have to agree with that. I think most, if you ask most kids or parents, 
you know, maybe even off the record, you know, which circuit is is the most attractive, you know, kind of the destination circuit. I think the Nike YBL has clearly become that over the years. I, I do think Adidas has done a nice job here, especially this year, kind of keeping some of the, the, the top players off the Nike circuit, if that's the right way to say it. There, there's a lot of talent this year on the Adidas circuit. And it, it probably, I'm probably biased in saying that because there's a lot of guys IU is recruiting on the Adidas circuit this year. So it kind of sways that way for, for where I spend my time. But uh, yeah, there's no doubt about it. Nike has put together a great product. Um, you know, it's the kind of competition these kids need um, for the last two years. Before this year, I watched a lot of the Nike YBL teams try to play against teams that, you know, were more local, not not part of the circuit just because of the whole pandemic and travel restrictions and all that stuff. And they, they just couldn't get good competition. They were winning games by ridiculous margins. So that that's the other side of it is just this is actual competition that these kids need because they truly are elite players. Just about every kid on the court is going to go D1 um, at, at some level. So it's it's really good basketball to watch. I mean, it's like a preview of, of things to come for, for college basketball. All right, talking with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. Staying on recruiting uh, in that front, who did you see in Louisville that – IU is interested in or maybe will be interested in based on their results, their performances at the EYBL circuit in Louisville? Yeah, the, the kid I was most interested in talking to because I hadn't had a chance to yet was Arrington Page, who a lot of people know at this point, uh, six foot eight, six foot nine, what I would call a hybrid forward slash center um, out of the Atlanta area. Um, he, he said he's going to take an Indiana visit late in the summer. Sounds like maybe after the, the Nike EYBL circuit is over. So late July, early August would, would be the time frame. although he didn't have a specific date to, to offer when I talked to him. Um, he was playing on Saturday, and this just goes to the level of talent on this circuit. Uh, he was playing without a couple teammates because they were actually at the USA Olympic uh tryouts uh, I believe somewhere in Texas over the weekend so he he didn't look quite the same because he has a five-star point guard that he's teammates with and so the facilitation of the offense wasn't quite the same and I think he was dealing with a little bit of a stomach bug but he's already firmly established himself as a you know top 75 four-star kid tons of high major offers and interest and, and clearly somebody that's really high on the priority list for Indiana. And it really sounds like that goes both ways for him. Um, he's he, he named four schools, Indiana, Cincinnati, USC, and um, the other one's escaping me, but he's a kid that's high on Indiana, impressed with Mike Woodson, impressed with UC Rosamond, and definitely interested. Uh, I would be stunned if, if Indiana wasn't, you know, a top two or three school at the, in the end for, for him. Talking to Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, recapping some of his thoughts from the EYBL stop in Louisville over the weekend. Now, coaches, Mike, can get out on the road in June. They're actually, uh, at least in Indiana, will be a big high school event, the Charlie Hughes shootout later in the month of June, uh, then the IBCA uh, workout for underclassmen. Those are both considered live events for coaches to to view which is fairly new as far as NCAA allowances go for recruiting and then we'll get back to the EYBL and the shoe circuits and some other big things coming up in the month of July but highlight what a potential 
uh, recruiting schedule as far as getting out to watch prospects could look like for Coach Woodson and his staff here over the next few months? Yeah, the the month of June kind of reverts back to, uh, at least in Indiana and most other states at this point, it's you go back with your high school teams, do summer workouts. So most of what the IU staff will be seeing in June is kids back with their high school teams. So locally here in Indiana, which is where I will be focused, you know, Indiana actually is for the first time in I believe three years going to have a team camp here the first two weeks of June. So they will be having high school kids, high school teams down on the IU campus playing games over the next few weekends or a couple weekends at Assembly Hall as well as Cook Hall. And, and that gives Indiana a, a chance, the coaching staff, to, to have those teams play in front of them, have a little bit of uh, contact during that time. So that, that's a good opportunity that, that's coming back. And then, as you mentioned, you got Charlie Hughes at the end of the month. Again, all high school teams playing up in Carmel and other northern Indianapolis suburbs. There's also a top 100 camp at Ben Davis High School, uh, I think the weekend before Charlie Hughes. So so a lot of high school team-oriented stuff, uh, mostly in states. So I'm sure, of course, the IU staff will fan out and hit their priority geographies, which seem to be, you know, Georgia, Washington, D.C., Metro, and other areas. All right. Uh, Some busy times ahead from a recruiting perspective as well. While we're on that topic, uh, you and I have discussed this player a lot, but Xavier Booker, uh, and I mentioned this some Friday on our show, he's had an unbelievable rise to the number four player in the class, uh, I think it was the 247 sports ratings that had him the highest. Uh, he had a, a great spring with his Indy Heat team, which was also in Louisville over the weekend playing in the EYBL. And, you know, I've had some people say to me, uh, even going back in the winter, Cathedral played at New Albany, and they ac- absolutely demolished the Bulldogs. It was not even uh, a close game at all. And Booker was just so-so. He wasn't necessarily the leader uh, in any category that night. You, I think fans got a chance to see some of his athleticism and maybe what has people most excited about him. But he truly is a player that I think is getting better each time he comes out on the floor, but also is being evaluated and viewed as a prospect because of the potential that he has for down the line a year or two from now. Uh, you've seen Booker come together as a player, just an unbelievable uh, talent that uh, and you, I think you can probably summarize this rise from him as well as any guests we'll have on this program. Yeah, and I think you nailed kind of the background really well. I, I can remember it's probably just over a year ago, May of last year, I was sitting in down in Greenwood High School talking to him after the first time I watched him play. Um, and I asked him, you know, because he was coming off of a sophomore year of high school at Cathedral where he played some on the JV team, didn't play much at all varsity, just a you know, few minutes a game, didn't didn't really score much or in, impact that team in, in any way. And he was already at that time like 6'9", 6'10". So, you know, it, it, it's it's really unusual for a kid of that size that, that can make shots to – to not see a lot of time as a sophomore in high school. And I asked him, you know, you know, what's your take on, on, you know, why, why you didn't play that much as a sophomore. And, and he, he really didn't have an answer for that. Really wasn't sure. It was really quiet at that time. And I got the sense that he just wasn't real sure of himself at that point, which, which isn't uncommon. You go through a major growth spurt, you know, you're starting to get attention and, 
you know, it just becomes a lot for a kid of that age. And then, and then you fast forward a year and he has a Duke offer. He's a top five player in the country in his class. Um, so it's, it's just an unbelievable jump, an unbelievable year. I think a lot of people saw it coming, but it, as, as you mentioned, it, it, it hasn't been a straight line jump. I mean, there's been a lot of games uh, over the last year where he really didn't show up. And I think some of those games were games where Mike Woodson was at or other members of the IU staff were at. And if you, if you ask me why Indiana, you know, hasn't, made a really hard push. I think they pushed it. They made sure that they, you know, that the booker and his camp knows that they're interested, but they haven't, you know, put him at the top of their priority list from day one. It's just because he's, he's been inconsistent there's been question marks, but I think over time, as he started to, to develop more confidence and improve his skills, I think obviously with, with his offers and, and stature now, I think a lot of those questions are, are starting to, to fade off and it'll just be interesting to see. I, d- I don't think he's a kid that has been hyper-focused on recruiting to this point. He's, he was another kid that was down at USA tryouts this week. So he's, he's been focused on a lot of different stuff. I think this summer uh, into the fall, he'll probably, you know, kind of narrow things down, pick a list, list to find it. Let's take a couple more visits um, and go from there. I, I think Indiana's done enough to, to stay in the race. They, they, had him on campus for an official visit back in October. And I think that, you know, that was a junior year official. So if they can get him back to Bloomington sometime later this summer or into the fall, I think that will be, you know, a good sign that, that they're still one of the top contenders. But you, you not only have Duke, you have Kansas, you, you have Kentucky in the picture. You have just about every high major in the country that thinks that they can get involved trying to do so at this point, just because of, you know, more than anything is potentially six eleven. He can make threes. He's a good athlete. has a great wingspan. I mean, as everybody knows at this point, it's a game that's all about potential. And, you know, he, he certainly has that in abundance. Absolutely. Mike, uh, to kind of close things out on a recruiting front, um, it's interesting because, and maybe I'm missing someone. I know there have been an, uh, always good players coming out of our state, uh, but there really hasn't been for a class or two uh, that Romeo Langford kind of national prospect. And obviously, Xavier Booker is uh, is becoming that player. There is no question about that. But right now, with Booker in the 2023 class, and then behind him, you've got some incoming sophomores. Uh, that uh, Sisley and uh, Harrelson uh, that are really coming onto the scene nationally as well. It seems that we could be headed back to the Hoosier State having not just a lot of good players and a lot of D1 prospects, but maybe some of the very best in the country once again here over these next few classes. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. You know, 22, 23, 24, not, not a lot of high-end talent. Certainly some good players like Booker. Like, like C.J. Gunn, you know, like guys that have gone elsewhere, like Dre Gibbs, Lawhorn, Braden Smith, and others. So, so they're certainly out there, but there, there hasn't been, you know, those super classes that we've seen pop from time to time with like, you know, five, six, seven top 150 players. Um, but, but, but there's absolutely no doubt that in 2025, you got two headliners that, you know, Indiana has already offered it, and Sicily and Harrelson, as you mentioned, that. I think they're going to be. They already are pushing hard on. You know, they're 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 going to make it clear that they are absolute priority. So I think you know, while Indiana has 
expand out its recruiting net and, you know, necessarily so. I think when, when you have a player like a Sicily or a Harrelson in state, I think they're going to make it real clear that, that that recruiting in state is still a very high priority for the program. Absolutely. Mike Schumann, he does a great job covering IU. Really uh, a good recruiting talk today, which I think as we head into the month of June is uh, probably good timing. Appreciate all of your insight, and we'll do it again next week. All right, Matt. Appreciate it. Talk to you later. We'll head to a commercial break, come back with our final segment of the day here on this Tuesday program, Mike Pegram of Pigs.com. Trace Jackson Davis, IU, will take a look at some of those national uh, rankings and Big Ten predictions that I mentioned in the first segment uh, and some other things with Mike coming up as well. Jawan Morgan and the NBA Finals, I want to cover that uh, with the Celtics and uh, a few other topics with Mike coming up here in just a few moments. Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Back after this here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back on this Tuesday program. Mike Pegram of Pigs.com is my guest talking IU basketball and more as we wrap up this segment here on our Tuesday program. Mike, uh, great to have you with us. Uh, we talked a lot of recruiting in the last segment, and I want to dig into a couple things with the roster for this upcoming year. First off, now that the things are set, TJD is back, I get a lot of questions from listeners what, what does the summer schedule look like? Uh, school is over for the year. Obviously, some will be in summer school that is underway or will be beginning. Uh, what, when does the team come together to begin off-season workouts and conditionings? And uh, what can you pass along about what this off-season could look like for an IU player? Well, it's uh, usually around the second week of June. They, they basically get a month off um, from the, you know, graduation or the end of the spring semester which is usually around May 5th and they start coming back to Bloomington a month later and, and they really get into things uh, often that second week of June and, and uh, they, they do get more coaching uh, hands-on than they used to a few years ago so it, it becomes a pretty important deal um, and from my understanding they're going to do more playing this year last year they did a lot of conditioning work and they'll still do the conditioning work but they want to do a little bit more playing as a team and and uh to work especially on and and, and we'll work more on offense this summer talking to uh mike pegram pigs.com mike uh the roster with trace jackson davis i know he went out uh, west to work on nba uh, work with nba trainers and to try to prepare for the combine which obviously unfortunately for him did not happen, but is he back in Bloomington now? Is he with the team, or is he have other other things? Yeah, he, he was. He's been back uh, since he's been sick, I believe, and um, and uh, I imagine we'll be taking classes over the summer. But uh, yeah, a lot of those guys went out before the combine to work in California, and then a lot of those players he was working with came back to Chicago for the combine. Um, so they've been out of California for a bit, I believe. 
All right, Mike Tegram, Peaks.com. There will be an IU connection in the NBA Finals. Jawan Morgan, uh, part of the Celtics yeah. team that will play against the Warriors, should be a great series. Hard to believe uh, that the Celtics are headed to the Finals. I paid a lot more attention to him a few months ago when Romeo Langford was on the roster, and there was a period of time where Romeo got to contribute to that roster and really – log some reasonable playing time. Uh, kind of unfortunate for him that uh, the Celtics move on to the finals. And meanwhile, he's, I'm assuming, beginning off-season work in San Antonio. Yeah. Juwan gets playoff money and Romeo doesn't. <laughs> 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 Romeo probably had a little bit better contract situation, though. So I guess it all evens out. I don't feel sorry for those guys. <laughs> yeah, no, no, absolutely. And as far as Romeo goes, I've had, and I know we're we're kind of getting into a topic that maybe you're not as on top of as you are IU stuff. But how important is this next season for Romeo Langford with the Spurs? This is year number four for him. He had the contract option picked up by the Celtics before they traded him away to San Antonio. But is this a year where he needs to to be healthy and produce for him to continue on? Oh, it's gigantic. He's got a stay healthy how many times have we just picked up the news and he's out for for a couple of days he's just been unable to stay healthy enough to be out there he, he he's shown that he can guard pretty well in the nba which is important that gives you playing time and he's got to show a little bit more consistency with his shot but that sometimes that'll come with just playing you know you just get more rhythm um if you play all the time and he just hasn't been able to do that now he might have a better playing situation ahead of him now because the Celtics have been the team with the maybe with the best depth or at least one of the top three or four teams with the most depth. So playing time was an issue for him in, in Boston. Mike, I read something earlier today, a tweet from Adam Adam Finkelstein, who is now part of the 247 Network, which Pigs.com is also a big part of. He wrote, and I know I'm bouncing around here, but he wrote that Gabe Cups. Uh, is one of the eight players in the national uh, class of 2023 that he thinks is underrated and uh, had a list of guys and shared some details. But that's got to be encouraging for IU fans to hear that someone like Cups, who's committed and a point guard and will fill a need for IU when he arrives, uh, not just a talented player that that's uh, you know competing on a national stage, but maybe underrated and maybe a steal for IU. Yeah, he's a solid player, and I think uh, he's along the lines of the last few guard commitments in that they're pretty versatile players who can play either guard position because they have some decent size, and we're not, you know. And I think he has the shooting ability to kind of move over and play a little too if, if he's being paired with a Hood Shafino or if uh, Jakai Newton becomes more of the ball handler, he could he could be go off because he can shoot the ball really well, and he, he, I don't need to tell anybody how important it is to be be able to knock down some threes from the from the perimeter for for Indiana and but he's, he's he can run a team he's a terrific son of a coach just has a lot of court sense so uh, he's he's he, in that way he's he's better able to make a quick adjustment i think to to college yeah all right mike pegrampeaks.com is my guest mike um looking ahead to next season earlier in the show today i went through all the projections uh the different national college basketball folks and where they have iu and the Wait, what I call way early rankings or even their Big Ten projections for next season. Um, as this thing shapes up and as college basketball nears closer, do you really feel like Indiana 
when the publications come out, let's say in October, will be uh, a maybe a, a common prediction to be a Big Ten uh, front runner champion for this season? Yeah, right now I wouldn't be surprised if they're the most picked team. Uh, we'll see what happens today and tomorrow with uh, Caleb Houston's decision at Michigan and Diabate is well there, but I think Diabate might be coming back because he's just not popping up on the draft boards. But if Michigan loses Caleb Houston, who's a really talented player, uh, they, they might the, the media might view Indiana as the most talented team with most pieces in place to be the Big Ten favorite, and that, and that usually means somewhere around, I would think, 6 to 10 maybe in the national rankings is too. So that's a huge deal for the program. Absolutely. Mike Pegram, Peaks.com, with us on this Tuesday program. Mike, hope you had a great Memorial Day weekend, and we'll catch up again next Tuesday. All right. Look forward to it. Thanks. That's going to wrap things up for this Tuesday program. Back with you Wednesday at 11 a.m., Dustin Dopierak of the Bloomington Herald-Times and Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, will be my guest. We have lots of local things to cover with Josh, especially coming out of such a big weekend for baseball teams locally that are headed on to the regional next Saturday. So we'll do all that on our Wednesday program. And coming up this week, we're going to hear from some of the baseball coaches that had teams that are moving on to the regional round, and we're going to preview Summer League. I know a lot of you want to know schedules and details, and you're ready to see some basketball games here coming up over the next few weeks. And I'll, uh, as the week goes on, give you much more information about who plays when, and we'll have a couple of the coaches on to help me preview things and talk about some of the big matchups and get you all set for what's getting ready to uh, unfold over the month of June. Uh, Again, that wraps things up. Don't forget, you can always find us as a podcast. If you missed the live show, we're live at 11 o'clock each day on the Big X. And, of course, always available that afternoon as a podcast. If you missed the live show, you can find us uh, really anywhere you listen to podcasts. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. So plenty of ways to connect with us uh, each and every day. And also, for Saturday, for regional baseball on the radio, we are working that out, and we'll tell you where we'll be and uh, obviously uh, what locations we'll be at and uh, what stations it'll be on as well, trying to work all that out here in the coming day or so. Have a great Tuesday. Uh, Back in the swing of work. We'll be back on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday this week. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.